Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So Dr. William Pollock, MD, welcome to the show today. So happy to have you on. Thank you so very much for bringing me on. I look forward, Matt, to uh, sharing with your audience and your listeners. Yes, definitely. And so the bulk of what we're going to talk about today is called PEMF, Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Therapy. That's the what we're going to talk about on the show. So for people tuning in, we're going to get to that. But first, and, and, the, and why people do that is typically, if I'm not mistaken, pain relief. Is that... The most common reason. Yeah, the most common reason. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this topic. I've, I know a little bit about it, and so I'm looking forward to learning about it more today. But basically, the show is going to be about if you have pain, know people in pain, want to do something that's more holistic than just take meds, this is a great therapy for you. And, I, and I've heard that uh, phenomenal results from people. So we're going to get into that. But first of all, so you're an MD, but, you're, but you also, are you a true, did you get a naturopathic degree as well, or you just lean towards naturopathic? naturopathy uh how do you want to say that now <laughs> no thank you i was like i've never actually said it that way <laughs> so yes well, I, I should have been a naturopath okay because that's, that's my that's my sort of proclivity that's yes. my leaning, yep. as you said but what happens is that certainly as i was practicing medicine mm -hmm. uh you begin to realize the limitations of medicine so like right. they like harvard law school or harvard uh, mba they don't really teach you what to do with your mba when you go to right. harvard Right. Yeah. So you have to learn how to do the work of the MBA long after you leave school. The same thing happens with medical school. Right. And the same thing happens with uh, with medical training and and um, research and the way doctors are learn how to do med practice medicine essentially. Right. So so you were an MD, and how long did you practice as kind of a? Did you practice as a MD, kind of more traditional uh, MD for a period of time? Yeah, so basically I did, uh, I worked as an MD for about 30 years. Oh my, okay. And I brought my MD-ness uh -huh. into my uh, sort of natural medicine-ness. I actually called myself a holistic doctor. Yeah, okay. And, and right, so that meant that I basically dealt with a broad spectrum of problems and bringing in whatever tools I needed to bring in to solve a problem. Right. So you could have certain doctors like naturopaths, for example, who specialize in supplements. Right. Got it. But doctors, naturopathic doctors are often trained in acupuncture, mm -hmm. but very often they don't do any acupuncture. They're just trained in it. <laughs> right. And there are acupuncturists who don't do natural medicine. They just do acupuncture. So there's a lot of crossover in disciplines. And as most clinicians, if you will, yeah. the longer they practice, the more they realize the limitations of what they've learned to do. Right. Right. And the fewer tools you have at your disposal, the more limited you are. Right. So as a primary care doctor, as a family physician originally, mm -hmm. you have to deal with whatever walks in that door. Right. Same thing that happens with an ER doctor. Whatever walks in the door, you got to be able to take care of. Right. Right. Yep. No discrimination for sex, gender, age, how severe the problem is, what organ the problem is, you know, et cetera. You right. deal with whatever is in front of you. And so over time, again, you realize that there are significant limitations to your particular tool chest. Yes. And if your tool chest happens to be prescriptions, physical therapy, surgery, uh, maybe psychiatry, then, you know, that's the tool set that you're dealing with. Right. So again, most doctors eventually, after five to eight years of practice, begin to realize the limitations of what they're doing. 
And I think credible doctors, really credible doctors who are true physicians, not just doctors, begin to realize this and they say, okay, now what do I do? Right. And so what's happening now more and more and more is more and more doctors are beginning to gravitate over to sort of natural medicine or holistic medicine right. or integrative medicine or complementary right. medicine, right? They're yep. learning all these other techniques. Right. Um, and then, the, and then the, uh, this, the spectrum of things that they can deal with dramatically expands. My patients, when I started doing acupuncture, it's the first time I ex- experienced patients walking out of the office smiling. Huh. Interesting. They felt better. Right. Yeah. Right? Nothing that I did, other than acupuncture, ever make them feel better. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not supposed to kiss or hug patients, so I can't do that. Right. <laughs> so, right. so with acupuncture, they felt better. So I said, wow. And then when you start doing holistic medicine, you start prescribing supplements and herbs and spending time actually talking to people. So my shortest appointments became half an hour. Oh wow! Right, which is what's the short? What's the short? What's the shortest appointment in a doctor's office today? Yeah, yeah, five minutes probably. Five minutes. Five yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. You can't do anything in twelve in twelve minutes, but right. you can barely do something in, in thirty minutes. Right. Yep. And so you were an MD for this thirty years, at, and and, it's, and and I'm sure it was a more than likely a progression of moving more and more to the holistic side. Is that accurate to say? I mean, it was probably in the beginning. Well, actually, it was, a, it was a trauma that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's talk about that. So that could be, in a sense, it was a PTSD moment. Okay. Right? It wasn't, but that's yeah. how you yeah. sort of think yeah. of it. So I was a medical director for a group of doctors, and we shared patients in the hospital. I had 14 family doctors rounding in the hospital on so, patients. So you were hospitalist then? No, I was a family physician that did yeah. hospital rounds. Rounds, yeah, so okay. I yeah. wasn't based in the hospital. Got it, okay. So part of my day would be spent going to the hospital to do rounds. Yeah. So uh, we, in a very short period of time, we had a couple of patients almost die. One almost died very close to death, and the other one was very, very close to death of uh, ble- gastric bleeding from ibuprofen. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've seen enough of this. I've heard enough of this. This is stupid medicine. This is a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, not expecting, you know, <laughs> right. bad results. Sort of a twist on that concept. Mm-hmm. So I said, I got to do something different because I knew what my peers did. I knew what my consultants did. I knew what everybody around me was doing for pain management. And that was in 1989, eight, 1988 or so. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I got to do something different. And I was already aware of acupuncture. hmm so I decided to go and study acupuncture at a UCLA school for, for physicians. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned acupuncture, and I came out of acupuncture school, got my training, and get, getting ready to go ahead and put those needles in. Mm-hmm. And patients said, no, 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 no needles, no needles. But acupuncture wasn't known then that right. much in 1990. Right. Right. It didn't get really publicized until Madonna had needles put in her back. Oh, I did not know that, but okay, I believe you. <laughs> there was a movie with Madonna sitting on a table with needles up and down. Oh, back. okay, okay. Well, that, that, it started before then, but basically after that. Right. So acupuncture, I found people wouldn't accept acupuncture, so I had to look for a different way of doing acupuncture, and I discovered that in the Orient, they'd been using magnets. Oh, interesting. Small okay. little magnets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And they put those on acupuncture points and get results. So it turns out that you can stimulate acupuncture points in a lot of ways. Hmm. You could use lasers, you could use light, you could use heat, you could use cold, you could use friction, you could use pressure, you could use electrical charges. There's many ways of stimulating an acupuncture point. Mm-hmm. 
So magnets work on that too. And after that, I started using magnets. I began to discover that magnets were doing other things than acupuncture. Mm -hmm. For example, I had a spider bite. I had a bite on my leg. I didn't even wasn't even aware I got bit. I looked down and I had this big welt on my lower leg. Uh, and I say, okay, well, this looks like a spider bite. Having been a family doctor for a long time, I know <laughs> right. what a spider bite looks like. Right. Um, I said, okay, so I put a magnet on it, put a big magnet on it. And it's near an acupuncture point on the leg. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I put a big magnet on it, and literally within 30 minutes, gone. Hmm. And how long does it take a spider bite to heal? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Right. If you let, if you don't attack it really quickly, mm-hmm. and what we have in medicine is not going to help you to to deal with the spider bite. An antibiotic is not going to help you because you get venom put into the tissues, mm-hmm. and the venom causes an, a, 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 an inflammatory reaction response. Then you get secondary bacterial infection on top of that. Mm-hmm. But if you hit it right away with magnets, bang, gone, done, mm-hmm. literally gone. And I have many more stories like that. I, another one, not related to that that, that timeline, but my wife uh, broke her little toe, so her little toe was bent out. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's a broken toe. Yeah. Right. So it was black and blue and purple and swollen and painful. Uh, she did it on lawn furniture, and so I knew what it was, and she refused to get an X-ray, but I knew what it was. So I did what medicine does: you take you take those toes and you, you tape them t- together. Uh, Tape them together, right. called bunny taping, mm-hmm. and you put them in a platform shoe, a flat shoe, right? like a flat-soled shoe. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a wooden shoe if you have it, but otherwise a flat-soled flat shoe. She did that, started magnetic physical therapy with a battery-operated portable magnetic device. Mm-hmm. Did that until the next morning. Next morning she woke up, so she did it continuously until the next morning. Woke up, swelling's gone, bruising's gone, pain is gone. So I said, okay, I'm not convinced yet. Right. And you're feeling better, but that doesn't mean that it's healed. Right. So we continued the magnetic therapy for another 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So she woke up the next morning. So this is now a day and a half later. And same thing, no swelling, no bruising, no pain. The pain is, is even more gone, if you will, if that's right. an expression. Right. Uh, she walked a mile in tennis shoes. Not supposed to do that. No, 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 no. Right. But she walked a mile in tennis shoes. Didn't make it any worse. She did another 24 hours of the magnetic field, keeping it right on, right over the toes, right over the foot, and woke up, uh, swelling, no swelling, no pain, etc. Um, put on tennis shoes, walked three miles in tennis shoes, and that was the end of the treatment. Hmm. And so then you were... In my experience as a family physician, this is a two to four, two to six week process. Right, right, right. Right? Again, another example, poof, it's and, gone. And so... And so you started using this in your practice. Is that kind of how it started? You used so it. So then you start using it in the practice. You start talking to friends and neighbors and family members who have this problem or that problem, mm-hmm. and you start putting magnets on different areas of the body, mm-hmm. uh, and you continue to see all these results. So it went, went beyond acupuncture to direct tissue healing. So I discovered that, in fact, even though magnetic fields work on acupuncture points and meridians, and I couldn't understand why, I subsequently found out why. Mm-hmm. Uh, they worked on meridians, but they had their own tissue healing effects, even away from an acupuncture point or a meridian. Hmm. So I said, you know, what's going on here? And started studying the science. And along the way, because the science is hard to reach, the science was actually written in mostly in Cyrillic and the Eastern European languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a doctor, an MD-PhD from the Czech Republic, and we collaborated on a manuscript. 
and produced a book called Magnetic Field Therapy in Eastern Europe, a review of 30 years of research. Hmm. So at that time in 19, approximately 90, we produced this book. So at that time it was 30 years of research. Right. So now it's how many years later? Yeah, at least 30. <laughs> Another 20 to 30 years later. Yeah. So this is old, this is old science now from Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And that book, the manuscript, he had reviewed the science, basically the studies that had been done in Eastern Europe. None of those were available to us in the West. Mm-hmm. We were in the dark when it came to magnetic therapy, but it was reasonably popular and reasonably well-known in Europe. So the manuscript sort of opened the landscape completely. So here's the science, here's research, here are human studies, and here are some of the effects that we see with magnetic therapy. And it was basically showing me some of the things that I was already seeing. Hmm. Now we had the science. Okay, so for people who've never heard of this, because I'd like to start with just let's assume that nobody's ever heard of this. So pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. So you're actually taking magnets, some type of magnets, and you're, uh, according to the name here, you're electrifying those magnets to some degree. You're, you're amp- I remember from old science classes, if you take a magnet and you wrapped it in something that had an electric current through it, it, it increased the intensity of the magnet. You could pick up more nails if you made the magnet basically an electromagnet, right? So you're, you're, making, you're, 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 taking, you're creating an electromagnetic, uh, you have some type of electromagnetic device or magnet, and then you're somehow placing that on the body and experiencing some type of pain relief or some type of healing. Now, for a lot of people who are listening, that's probably going to sound very woo-woo and very out there, and I'm sure this isn't the first time that you've heard that. <laughs> so uh, for, for people who have never, I mean, so basically, if you're just lo- listening to this, you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put a magnet on my body and it's going to somehow heal me. Sounds a little out there. So how do you, how do you address those concerns? All right, so first of all, mm-hmm. uh, we have to back up even more. Okay. So after, after getting that book from Eastern Europe, and they talked about static magnetic fields, but they also talked about electric fields, okay. electromagnetic fields. Okay. You don't need a magnet. You don't need a magnet. So what you do is the idea, the principle is that if you pass a current through a wire, uh-huh. the current produces a magnetic field that's subject to what we call the right-hand law. Okay. Right hand rule. So the, my thumb is the current, the direction yep. of the current. Yep. The magnetic field is my fingers. Okay. So the, my, the magnetic current, the magnetic field wraps around the wire three dimensionally. Okay. So whenever the current pulses, you get these pulses, right? You get the waves, mm-hmm. and that's what they, you know, the frequencies of, of the of the current in our in our wiring. Okay. It's pulsing. It's constantly pulsing. So every time it pulses, the magnetic field goes like that. Okay. And you're talking right. about, and you're talking about specifically with alternating current. Then, are you talking about specifically no, with alternating current? That's, you, that's where this, that's where it was discovered originally was with alternating current. Okay, all right, all right. So as that magnetic field pulses, right. then the magnetic field goes broadcasts itself out okay. basically into the environment, mm-hmm. but then it collapses back on itself. Right. So this is what we call a, a closed loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, EMFs uh, like uh, microwaves. Television signals, radio signals, radar, that gets broadcast out, broadcast out into the environment and goes on essentially forever. Okay? That's called an open loop. Okay, this is and a closed loop. That has frequencies. That has waveforms to it. Right. Okay, this configuration does not. 
Now, the current may have a different waveform, and it may alternate, as you said before, mm -hmm. which, which you can't do, and you still get a magnetic field that way, or you can change that current so that it only goes in one direction. Mm -hmm. So it only goes out in this direction. Okay. So basically, now you have a lot of control over that production of that magnetic field. And that magnetic field, like magnets, has no limitations. And so why, why does it a magnetic field... And, and I think I have some probably novice answers in my head, but why does a magnetic field affect a f the physical body? Because we're, you know, I could say, well, we're not metal, right? We're so, tissue. right, we're tissue. So, and I know if I put a magnet on my hand, it falls off. So it, it feels like that it's not uh, attracted it's not to magnetic. me. I'm, I'm not a it's robot. Not like a magnet with nails, right? Right. Yes. It's not the magnet with nails. Yeah. So why does a magnet or a magnetic field, to be more accurate, why does that affect my physical tissues and or even meridians or, inner, I mean, why does it affect? Okay, so what happens is that the magnetic field, as it passes through, wherever it's passing through, if there are any ionic charges or mm -hmm. current mm -hmm. in that area, the magnetic field interacts with that current. And what, what happens then is that you actually induce charge in the body. So what is a body? A body's a big electron. It's a big battery. battery. Right. I agree. Yeah, it's a big battery. Right? Yep. It's all electrolytes and charge and everything's uh -huh. in motion con continuously in the body. Yep. So as a magnetic field passes through that, it's stimulating all that ionic activity. And what it does then is it induces charge. And we call that inductively coupled electrical stimulation. I'm not going to remember so that it, one, but okay. Right? <laughs> oh, right. So basically okay. what you're doing is you're producing current. The magnetic field is not producing the current. Okay. It's the magnetic field interacting with the electrolyte battery of the body. Got it. That's producing the current. So the currents that the body then produces are then used as energy for whatever the body wants. Hmm. So, so, uh, so you're creating more energy in the body then? Correct. Okay. So, so, and if, and again, it's easy for me to put it in layman's terms because I have a layman's mind. So it's super easy for me to go, okay, this is how, so it's almost like you're charging a car battery to some degree that you're not a car battery. You're, you're, you're in, and it may be not quite exactly the same, but in essence, you're introducing more energy into the car battery. You charge it, you take the thing off. The battery now has more energy in it, right? You could measure more voltage in, in the battery or more or amperage, probably amperage or whichever that Correct. way that works. Okay. And that was discovered a long time ago by Maxwell and Faraday. Okay. So Michael Faraday, back in the 1700s, early 1800s, discovered that when you have a coil, yeah. an electrical coil, yeah. without any electricity passing through it, mm -hmm. and you pass a magnetic field past that coil, mm -hmm. the magnetic field is interacting with the metal of the coil mm -hmm. to then produce charge. And what happens? The light bulb goes off. Right. It, it, is there something called Faraday's law or Faraday's principle? Is that Faraday's law? So Faraday's that, this is actually the principle of magnetic field therapy working in the body. It works through the principle of Faraday's law. Got so it. you're inducing charge in the body. Yep. As, as you induce the charge, you produce the energy, increase the energy level that's available in the tissues and cells. Then all kinds of healing begins to happen. Hmm. So a fracture that won't heal. Mm -hmm. So one of the major uses of magnetic field therapy that was approved by the government by the FDA was for what we call non-union fractures. Non-union fractures? What's non -union. that mean? So a fracture that doesn't heal after six months is considered a non-union. Got so it. it. doesn't won't unite. Right, right. Won't re okay, right. got it. It doesn't, it doesn't combine itself. Right. So those are disastrous. And they typically don't heal. If, you, if they haven't healed by then, they, they probably won't. Okay. And so the, the medical solutions to them are to 
do surgery, to put uh, hardware in their body, to control right. the area of the fracture, right. and you cross your fingers that the body will heal. Right. Most of the time it doesn't, and that's why we don't do that so often anymore. But magnetic field therapy, because it induces charge in the body, now will take this old fracture, even seven years old, and all of a sudden wake things up. Hmm. As it wakes things up, healing begins to happen. So you could take a relatively small magnetic field and place it over a fracture site that isn't healing, mm-hmm. and then in six months, it's healed. And so you're doing that every day for six months? Is it like- every day. And in, in the case of the devices that were approved by the federal government, uh, they were very low-intensity machines, so they were doing treatments for nine to ten hours a day. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, you need, the, like my wife with the toe, right. right? you do continuous stimulation. Right. A fresh fracture is a lot better than an old stalled fracture. So it. it takes a lot more energy to get that kicked up and going and moving and reversing, you know, the damage that's been done because mm-hmm. of the time element. Mm-hmm. So, so the charge production is what causes everything else to happen. And in my book, Power Tools for Health, mm-hmm. I review 25 different mechanisms of action of magnetic fields. And I provide scientific references for all of those actions. So one of the actions that's commonly, very commonly known, is you improve circulation. Okay. So a magnetic you field. So a magnetic field, uh, when it's introduced to the body, does it have to be at a certain frequency? No. Really? Okay. Even, so even magnets, even fridge magnets, will in, increase circulation. Really? Yes. And and is it you, that you're putting them? So <laughs> so my refrigerator magnet that I, I should have some that have funny sayings, but I don't. But the 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 refrigerator magnet, if I'm putting that anywhere anywhere on my body, it's going to increase circulation. Yes, to huh. varying degrees. So right. the higher the intensity of the magnetic field, the deeper it's going to act into the body, and the deeper the circulation benefits are going to happen. So yes, they did studies with rabbits. But you put a, a magnet on a rabbit's ear. It's oh, yeah. very easy to see the blood supply of a rabbit's ear. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you put a magnet on it, and all of a sudden, the, cir- the circulation opens up. Huh. So it's the magnetic field. Now, what's, what's a static magnet, unlike an electromagnet, which is pulsing. Right. A static magnet is permanent. It's just not moving. Right. Because of that, it's relying on the activity of the body itself. Okay. okay. So the body's interacting. So if I put a magnet, let's say here, on top of my finger, right, and there's circulation going underneath, right, all kinds of minerals are flowing under that magnet, mm-hmm. and that's called magnetohydrodynamics. For those who really are interested, interesting. Okay. All right. So the blood's flowing underneath it. So the blood's active, right, and that blood, those ions, have to pass under and through that magnetic, magnetic field. field. Got it. So therefore, they're agitated and stimulated, and some small amount of charge is produced. So what we found out, what Nikola Tesla found out, is that when you pulse magnetic fields and you can use different levels of intensity of the pulse, when you start to pulse magnetic fields through the tissue, you get much more dynamic action. Oh, now you got a dynamic magnetic field and you got a dynamic body. Okay. So it's better to have, that's why, thus, the electromagnetic field is better than just my refrigerator magnet. Typically. I still use refrigerator magnets. They still have a value to some extent. You just have to know when and how, but I wouldn't rely on it because it right. doesn't go deep enough. It's not going to heal a concussion. Right. It's not going to heal a bone because it doesn't go deep enough. It's not strong right. enough. You need a huge magnet to do that. Right. Interesting. And so I guess then tons of questions here, but what typically, so somebody is coming to you now, what are you, 
what do they come into you for? And then kind of what's the protocol? If you could give us a couple like case studies or just examples of people. I mean, who, who calls you? Who's, who's coming to your office? You know, because I'm assuming you don't just do family practice now. I'm assuming you're more niched. Well, actually, I, I've retired from holistic medicine, and oh. all I do is, is work with drpollock.com full-time. Oh, okay. So the people who used to come, basically, right. 40 to 60% of the reasons for visits to doctors is pain. Right. Right? So yep. then are you dealing with pain? And the first thing the doctor would have to say to himself, I want to remove your pain, but first of all, I want to make sure that I can heal your pain. Okay. Because if I simply give you Tylenol right. or ibuprofen, all I'm doing is covering the pain. Right, right. You're going to be back. And if you stop the Tylenol, the pain will come back until the problem has healed itself. Right. So the first objective is, is to try to heal the pain, improve function, and symptom relief. Because mm-hmm. you almost always get symptom relief. It doesn't really matter. That's sort of a freebie. <laughs> okay. All right. But what's not free is the functional improvements and the physiologic changes that go with the healing process. Mm-hmm. And so PEMFs basically by virtue of circulation, by virtue of re- decreasing inflammation, by stimulating RNA and DNA, by stimulating ATP, by uh, increasing nitric oxide in the body, by affecting the immune cells of the body, the adenosine receptors. So in other words, PEMFs have a large amount of, um, large number of actions in the tissues. Okay. You and I can't dial that action. Mm-hmm. We just pr- we give the body a nonspecific stimulus. Right. And the body says, okay, I can use this. Right. And the body starts to do what it wants to do with it. Okay. Um, and then you'll get all these different physiologic actions rolling themselves out until the problem has basically been solved. Basically using all sort of, t- all basically 25 actions of the body. Okay. That are stimulated by the magnetic fields. I also cover this in my book, uh, Supercharge Your Health with PMF Therapy. So the Power Tools for Health book was more of the science. Mm-hmm. more the technical aspects of it. We do get into how to use magnetic fields and so on, but not to a great extent. And people have said, okay, fine, I read the first, I read the preface, <laughs> and I'm okay with the science. Tell me how to use it. Exactly, yeah, what's the practical right? application, yes. So the Supercharge Your Health with PMS book then starts to get into the 80 different health conditions. So how do you select a magnetic system for one of those conditions? How do you apply it? What else can you be doing alongside using the magnetic field? Mm-hmm. All right, so basically, we cover a lot more practical information in the Supercharger Health book. Mm-hmm. And then we allow we uh, help people to decide what kind of magnetic system to get. So we talk about a fridge magnet. Well, I don't talk about fridge magnets in, in the Supercharger Health because right. it's about pulse electromagnetic fields. Right, so right, right. Yeah. right? Yep. Um, so then we review all of that, the science, to some extent, less science, some background, but all the different conditions that magnetic fields are now working for. And how do you use them? So the fractures that I mentioned, mm-hmm. the non-union fractures, they were using a very low, uh, very local, but a low-intensity magnetic field. So magnetic field intensity is um, the unit of charge, the unit of measurement of magnetic field intensity is Gauss, G-A-U-S-S. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that there's a receptor called the adenosine receptor, which also is part of the molecule adenosine triphosphate, right, to make adenosine, the energy molecule of the body. Okay. So it turns out the research says that you need about 15 Gauss to optimally affect the adenosine receptor, which then, because it sits on the white blood cell, the neutrophil, Mm -hmm. which then circulates through the body and does its healing work. But the optimal level is 15 Gauss. Okay. And so as a result, what you have to do is you have to do a calculation of what the problem is, how deep it is into the body, how big an area you're trying to treat, 
and then you have to basically figure out how long you have to trade for. So these fractures use an 18 Gauss magnetic field. Okay. 18, one eight. Mm-hmm. And they, they were told by the uh, prescribing doctors and the uh, magnetic company, you got to be using it for at least nine hours a day. Right. Nine hours a day. So they went back and surveyed about 350 people who had done that, gotten these mm-hmm. devices, and were using them, and asked them, how many hours a day are you using it? And then they monitored them to see how long it took them to heal. Mm-hmm. What they found is that if you didn't do nine hours a day, if you did nine hours a day or more, you healed in three months. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a that's been there for at least six months and maybe even years. Right. And then the people who did three hours or less a day mm-hmm. took six months to heal. Okay. So the heat, the time that you use the magnetic field for then determines the rate of healing. Got it. Depending on the problem you have, uh, depending on nutritional factors and a bunch of other factors as well. Mm-hmm. So time then becomes important. So the, choosing the right intensity for the problem you're working with and then knowing how to deliver that intensity to the body all become important to produce the best results. And... And so what just specific conditions would you typically and and you and you what specific conditions would you say is is it most effective on? Um, it's hard to say what it's most effective on because <laughs> it depends on <laughs> right. that, the fractures. those non-union fractures. If they were using a 60 gauss magnetic field or a 200 gauss magnetic field, they would get better results faster. And is there any is there well so since you since you brought that up, is there any harmful effects as you move up this Gauss uh, scale? So first of all, the most important thing about PEMFs is that they're considered extremely safe. Okay. I'll give you an example. MRIs. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, I wrote that down in my paper. So yes, because I was like, there's, right, MRI. They're 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 Gauss, even higher. Because it's a magnet, because basically they're using a magnetic field to take an internal picture or a picture of your body, right? Well, then you have two kinds of fields. You have a static magnetic field, like mm-hmm. a bar magnet, mm-hmm. and then they have a pulsing radio frequency magnetic field, a pulsing field. Got it. So the bar magnet st- stands the electrons or the protons up, holds them in place, yep. and then you let go and you stimulate them with the uh, pulse field. Okay. That's one aspect of it. Anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is that even with those extremely high intensities, mm-hmm. they're considered to be extraordinarily safe. And because of the radio frequency field, it jiggles things too much. If you have a tattoo or if you have metal in your body, you have to be extraordinarily careful. Okay. Okay. With the kind of magnets we use for healing, we don't typically have to worry about that. And so what, what's kind of the range when you're using these uh, healing magnets? Kind of what's the range of Gauss on those then? Well, again, if we start with the principle of inflammation, that you need at least 15 Gauss, I yep. would say no less than 15. Right. And that's at the surface. Right. Now, magnetic fields have a, 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 another aspect that we're all aware of like cold and heat and sound and light, mm-hmm. as you move farther and farther away from it, it becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. And mm-hmm. it's logarithmic. It's okay. not a straight line. Okay. okay. It's logarithmic. And so magnetic fields are subject to that law as well, the inverse square law. Mm-hmm. And so you have to calculate the dose that you need for the tissue that you're treating. So if you're treating the skin, all you need is 15 gauss. Okay. If you're treating the brain, if you want to go across the brain from one side to the other, like with a head injury, mm-hmm put a magnet here and it's got to go all the way across to deliver 15 gauss right which means that by the time you it leaves this area and goes to the other area you've lost 95 percent of your field it goes from 4,000 gauss to 15 okay. across six inches okay 
So you have to account for that. So if you're treating with the brain or the lungs or the liver or the, the belly or a uh, hip, so you have to sort of know the dose that, you're, that you need. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you choose a dose that's too high for what you need, most of the time the body ignores the magnetic field when it doesn't need it. Okay. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, like vitamins that are what water soluble or whatever you're going to pee out what you don't use type thing. Or what, you don't use, yes. Better yeah. to have expensive urine than cheap urine. Right, right. Yes. So magnetic fields, getting the right intensity becomes important. Okay. Then once you, once you know the intensity that you're looking to get and knowing that you can waste it, it's, there's no harm in wasting right. it because it's not going to hurt you if you have too much. Okay. Then you have to calculate, you figure out what kind of magnetic device you're going to get. How strong does it have to be? How big does it have to be? What are you trying to accomplish? And anybody doing magnetic field therapy, I think, should be thinking about magnetic field therapy for life. Okay. Okay. And if you're going to get a whole body magnetic system, then that's going to give you a whole body health. Well, and, and so that's that, that's right? what I was going to say. And I've heard, and, and uh, you can feel free to name anything, any any brands that you want to. I will abstain because I don't want to step on anyone's toes. But uh, so a whole body magnetic system, what, is that something you're like laying on, sleeping on? Is it a tube? Yeah, is it a tunnel? It. Okay, you so can lay on it, but you can lay on it for treatment or you, or you can. Some of them will allow you to use them all night long. Uh, generally speaking, the magnetic systems that are the strongest that will do the most healing in the body mm-hmm. can't be run all night. Okay, meaning? Maybe you have short cycles of runtime, maybe 15 minutes, 8 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Because the device can't and, handle it or because your body can't handle it? No, uh, well... The people are being cautious. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So uh, sometimes it's the device can't handle it. It's just too much power that has to right. be delivered by the device, and it will heat up. It'll right. warm up. Yep. Right. So you can run some of these machines. Run basically, as I said, for three minutes, even upwards of. Uh, I know one machine that we have that runs three and three and a half hours. Okay. But so you have to pick the time element that you want, but then you have to pick the applicators that you want, and then you have to pick the uh, the characteristics of the equipment of the machine itself. Mm-hmm. So you have to start combine those parameters, and I provide guidelines in the Supercharger Health book for okay. what, what, how you should think about a magnetic field, and okay. what you should get for your problems. But if you're going to be spending four thousand dollars for a magnetic system, I know there's a there are many companies that are selling multi-level companies that are selling magnets, magnetic systems. Uh, one is a Beamer, one is an yes. IMRS, yes. and they are less than one Gauss. Is that right? You're spending six thousand dollars for a machine that's less than one Gauss. And so, and and I and I'd heard that beam. I had heard the, of the Beamer, and that's again why I abstained. But since you brought up the, since you brought up the name, so that Beamer bed is giving off less than one Gauss. Why? Why is that? Why would they not amp that thing up to at least fifteen? Well, a lot of it has to do with legacy. A lot of it has to do with research done 25, 30 years ago. Okay. And so research done 25 to 30 years ago was often done in Petri dishes or test tubes. Okay. And they said, aha, this magnetic field does the following, and all you have to do is to replicate that magnetic field. But they just didn't get the intensity to the inverse square law. Okay, right, yep. Right. right? And the science, the 15 Gauss requirement basically for uh, inflammation for the adenosine receptor uh, is new. Okay. It's only in the last five or 10 years that okay. we knew about the adenosine receptor. So the devices have evolved, but these are legacy devices. They were developed and sold, you know, for 25 years now. Right. And yep. they yes. don't read my books. <laughs> and it is what it is on their side. So are there systems out there then that, uh, so, so I, 
if I'm looking at myself, I don't have any major health concerns. I don't have major pain to speak of. You know, I could use every, I think everybody could use more energy. I could definitely use more energy. What, but, but if I was really proactive and leaning in and said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to see how this works. And, and really wanted something that was more holistically whole bodied. What would, what would I be looking at? So, uh, again, in the, um, the Supercharger Health Book, I provide some guidelines for that mm-hmm. and, and identify the different devices. And also at drpollock.com, if you don't want to buy the book, um, there's a product comparison guide okay. that you can look up the intensity, the kind of system that has pictures. So then you basically decide what you can afford. You can decide what you want to be able to accomplish. And as I said, at a minimum of 15 Gauss, minimum. Right. And then, well, so here's a, another way I'm going to ask it until I get my answer is, is what do you use? <laughs> what do uh, you I use for? I need. So one of, the, one of the benefits that I have is my knowledge. And so that I can pick and choose among the systems to do what I want. Right. But if you want to get one system that's going to cover most of the waterfront. Right. Yeah. And you wanted to do not only take care of problems that you might have right now. Right. But in anticipation, because you said you're, you're not, you, you don't have a problem today you don't have a problem yet yes right right fair enough all right so five years from now ten years from now who knows what you need right but even if you don't have a problem that you need something for five to ten years from now you're going to be older right you're going to have aged Mm -hmm. and if you're doing magnetic field therapy on a regular basis even at a younger age Mm -hmm. you're maintaining the body at a much healthier level of optimized functioning Right. Well, that's why we have the right intensity magnetic system, and that's kind of where I was headed to some degree. Is 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 if I'm doing something for regular maintenance or regular therapy, even if I don't have any aches and pains to speak of that I can identify or anything specific, any one specific condition, is it smart or is it advantageous from an anti-aging standpoint to do some type of regular maintenance just for overall health? Absolutely. So let me remind you and everybody else. You probably knew this already, but I'll, I'll say it at that risk. Number one. There are 100 trillion cells in our bodies, approximately. Okay. Give or take trillions. Right. Right. Every single cell in the body has about 5,000 biochemical processes per second. Wow. Okay. Per second. Mm-hmm. So what do we need to, to, for treatment? What do we need to do to keep that machine humming and, and healthy? Whatever it, whatever it takes. Right. If you bought a one Gauss machine, it's going to give you a little bit of benefit. And most likely that benefit is going to happen by actions on the acupuncture system. Because that's very superficial in the way it acts. Right. But if you want to work deeper into the tissues and the body uh, and have anti-aging effects into the brain, anti-aging effects into your hip or shoulders or knees, especially if you're a very active and very, uh, like, if you're a biohacker. Right. And doing all that kind of physical work. Then you're going to need something stronger. Mm Mm-hmm. I generally recommend having no less than a thousand cows. Okay, there we go. See, we got we're, we're starting to get to my answer now. So a thousand cows, all right, gets me some uh, at least some type of a reasonable, a reasonably a powerful machine. Got it. The problem is that most of the machines that are commercially available rarely get above fifty to to two hundred cows. Really interesting. Yeah, and we have some machines that actually are above that thousand cows threshold. Right. Okay. And they're going to be more expensive. Right. However, you can spend $6,000 for a one Gauss machine, mm-hmm. a Beamer, mm-hmm. or $5,000 for an IMRS or a QRS mm-hmm. or PureWave. You, you spend that kind of money for those machines and not get almost get almost nothing. Mm. People do say they feel better with them. Right. Absolutely agree. I've seen that. They do get better. Right. But they're stimulating the acupuncture points and meridians. And if you're trying to heal, 
you're not going to get much value. Interesting. Okay. So at a, at a minimum level, and you know, this is, this is all, always evolving. And on drpollock.com, we have a store and we have different devices that we recommend. Right. And as I said, there's a product comparison guide. So then if you want to get a 1,000 Gauss machine, that's for whole body use. Mm-hmm. And what you want for whole body is going to be different than what you may want for local. Like mm-hmm. if I have migraines. Right. Or if I have a, a torn, torn rotator cuff. Right. Or I already have arthritis in my hip. Mm-hmm. Then I have to consider the device I'm going to need to get to treat those local areas, and then as well as getting yourself the benefit of whole body magnetic therapy. Because mm-hmm. you are making the investment in the machine. The biggest part of the investment usually is the control unit. Okay. And then the other things are ancillary things you plug and in. Ancillary, and you add them on as you need to. So the biggest cost is the control unit. So if you don't get the right control unit in the first place, right. if you buy a skateboard, you can try to go as fast as you want, but you're still going to be going fast on a skateboard. Right, right. And, so, fast on a skateboard. and so you've just mentioned some things, migraines, arthritis, um, rotator cuff. Are these all things that you've seen patients like either get better from or fully recover from? Absolutely. So, so like... Absolutely. So, like migraines can be super debilitating. I have, I, I think I've experienced maybe one in my life, but probably a very mild one, if that. But, but migraines. I mean, that's I've known people who have had migraines, and you're just out, right? There's no. When I get a headache, I'm like, do I still want to live? So, I mean, that's at a headache level. When you get a migraine, I'm like, I don't even know how people function at that level. And you're absolutely right. But there's a spectrum. Okay, and so, so if, so, is it effective at curing, stopping, whatever migraines. Just I'm just asking. Okay, so the way I look at it yeah. is ideally you want to prevent. Yep, exactly. You uh, don't want to get it at all. In the first place, because yep. once it happens, it's, the horse is out yep. of the barn. Exactly, yep. Right, and then, uh, so that, that it becomes much harder to control once it's gained momentum okay. in terms of the physiologic changes that happen with it. Right. So if you start right at the beginning, or better yet, if you're doing treatment every day, Right prevent it well yeah okay and so you've right. seen that though absolutely okay and there are there is a i don't think it's around anymore but there was a magnetic therapy device approved by the fda and they were using it just for that purpose more for prevention than for treatment and that was a four thousand gauss machine and you're talking about a seven eight thousand dollar machine wow and and so, so that was like a helmet type thing that you just put on and wore for a certain more like a collar. Okay, so you put on a collar. You put it at the base, at the back of the neck. Okay, and so you put that on for some length of time every day, 10, yeah, 15 minutes. 30 minutes, 60 minutes. Okay, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, but that would literally prevent migraines from reoccurring? Very often. So if it hasn't prevented them, depending on, again, the causes and the, the general aggressiveness and severity of the headaches that people get, it may decrease the severity from, say, 7 to a 3. Okay. So if you use it all the time, you may not stop you from having them all together. Right. You may have fewer headaches. You may have less severe headaches. Right. But you have to continue the magnetic therapy right. as a preventative. Right. Now, if you, have, if you happen to have a machine that can increase the intensity, mm-hmm. if it's escaped the, the prevention, mm-hmm. then you may have to hit it with a much hot, stronger magnetic field. And you could even combine it with medication. And very often, if you combine it with medication, biomagnetic therapy with medication, you may need less medication. Right. And that's common. More effective. We see that recently commonly. Hmm. So anything, basically, when you think about it, anything in the body, because it's a body, mm-hmm. because it's tissue, because it's molecules, and magnetic field therapy interacts with that, and there's charge everywhere. 
There isn't a cell in the body that doesn't have charge associated with it. Right. There's really nothing that magnetic field therapy can't help at some level. Okay, right. And and that's the, probably the disclaimer, right? It can help it at some level. Doesn't mean it cures it. Doesn't mean it... Well, we don't talk about, I don't talk about cure. cure exactly, right. It, right. Right. And there's a possibility that things can be cured, like a, my spider bite. Yeah, right. Example. That was cured. Right. I caught it earlier. I used the right piece of equipment, and you know, I was able to cure it. Now, if it had been there for three or four days already, and the skin is broken down, right. I have a wound, an open wound, well, it's going to take a lot longer to heal. Sure, right, because more damage is done. The more damage, the more damage is done. You have more recovery to to do right. it. Right. But we, you know, it doesn't really matter. We can do the immune stuff. People who have autoimmune diseases should be using magnetic therapy. Every diabetic should be on a magnetic therapy machine. Every diabetic. And and why is that? Why is that? What's going on there? What happens with diabetes? Diabetes is basically a vascular problem. Mm-hmm. Most of the problems in diabetes are vascular. Okay, so poor circulation. The diabetic process affects the blood vessels in the body, whether Got it's it. for your eyes or your brain yep. or your heart or your a PAD, peripheral vascular disease. It's a vascular disease. Right. Controlling the blood sugar is con- the blood sugar itself is part contributes to that process, and the blood sugar elevations cause inflammation. Mm-hmm. So you get inflammation. Then you concentrated inflammation in the blood vessels and then concentrated inflammation throughout the body, which means the body doesn't heal well from, from wounds. Right. This is a whole body problem. It's not just a kidney problem. It's right. just, not just an eye problem. Right. right. It's a whole body problem. So you need a strong enough magnetic field that's going to be able to treat the entire body while you're going through the th- stuff that you should be doing to help to control your diabetes, which is usually diet. Right. If you're not doing proper diets, you're pouring gasoline on the fire and then trying right. to put the fire out with medications, well, you know. It's not going to work. Not much. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. And so basically from your perspective, you've been doing this a long time. There's nothing that, the, that, the, that an electromagnetic field can't affect in a positive way from a health standpoint. Um, we had touched on briefly, I think, in a pre-show, psychology or you had mentioned psychology, and I hadn't really thought of that before, but, you know, I, I've, I have very good friends of mine who are also business partners who are physicians, and I remember early on when we became partners and became friends that one of my physician partners is a, 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 was, at that point, a general practice doc, and he said, you know, he, he was, I think the percentage he gave me is like 60 to 80% of of the illness we see is really psychological illness. It's, it's manifesting itself physically, right? So it's, it, you know, people are lonely or they're depressed or they're, they've got something's going on and then, then it becomes a physical ailment. Um, but really, he said, I just wish, you know, and of course that was a model 15, 10, 15 years ago. He goes, I just wish we had the ability to affect that and had the time to affect it, but that's not the way that the medical model set up. I can't afford to live on what it would take to treat people for an hour, right? Based on those old models of, of, of insurance reimbursement. And so how does, how does electromagnetic field, I guess, what's it do for the brain health or psychology? Cause the brain is nothing but what fat and, and electricity, right? <laughs> well, it's molecule, well, it is fat and electricity and molecules, right? Uh, there's an important paper written by a psychiatrist some time ago, uh, three or four years ago, wrote a paper called Rhythms and Blues. Okay. And that paper was basically about how magnetic field therapy, magnetic field therapy has now been discovered and FDA approved to treat treatment-resistant depression using high-intensity magnetic fields to the brain. Okay. So the question becomes, well, if you're dealing with molecules, I mean, we have all these drugs, these antidepressant medications, 
well, how can magnetic field therapy work when it's not a medication? And it's not a molecule. Right. Right. So in Rhythms and Blues, what he describes is that how long does it take for an antidepressant to begin to work in the body? Two to four weeks. Right. Right. That means in that period of time, people are, there's a higher rate of, of suicide in mm-hmm. those people while the medication's kicking in. Right. So he's thinking now, why? Why is it? What's the lag time that's going on here? So he was talking about synapses and the molecules attaching to synapses, and then changing the biochemistry of the brain, mm-hmm. the general chemicals that are being produced by the brain, and then eventually ending up, hopefully, with balancing out the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. What, what medicine has discovered is that as you move up that ladder in terms of the effects of the of the drugs, you begin to see what we call oscillations in the brain. Okay. Right now, your brain is in beta, mm-hmm. mostly. Okay, beta means alertness. Okay. When you're chilling and just sitting back and relaxing, and you're not processing what we're talking about, you're in alpha. Mm-hmm. Alpha is just a relaxed state. When you're watching the soaps and not thinking, you're not getting emotionally involved, you're just watching. Right. You're an observer. Right. That's alpha. When you first fall asleep, your head goes into theta. Right. Okay, and then you go down into delta. Right. Well, there are, there are chemicals associated with those individual states, but it's all frequencies. Mm-hmm. So you can have a lot of frequencies or you can have slow frequencies. Mm-hmm. So delta is like... Really slow. Really slow. Right. And what you're doing then is we know we know with from all kinds of ways, audiovisual entrainment. So it's called entrainment. We can use entrainment measures or techniques mm-hmm. to slow down those brain waves. Yep. I've done that before. They've hooked me right. up to a machine and like I had to focus. It was like, well, this was just focus, but I, that sound, right? So I could hear what waves I was in based on the sound. And then I could change the focus of my brain literally by like focusing. It was hard. And then, and then I could bring myself down into theta. I don't know if it was into Delta, but I know I could bring myself into theta, but it was like a lot of energy and effort to maintain theta because I was so used to yes. being in alpha during the, you know, and in a day I'd just be, so what I used to think was meditation was really alpha. Alpha wasn't necessarily, theta. it wasn't, it wasn't where I needed to be, which was more in theta, which was much more focused. So, okay. but anyway, so yeah. PMFs then and sound light therapies, right? Is that sound light therapies go into the ears and go to the auditory cortex, right? And then they go through the eyes into the visual cortex mm-hmm. and they start to change the rhythms in the cortex, but it's an indirect action, right? It's not a direct action into the brain, right? It's an indirect action to the brain. Magnetic fields because they go right through the brain are direct action to the brain. Hmm. And so if you're pulsing the magnetic field at the rate that you want the brain to shift into, mm-hmm. or you want to amplify, because the brain is in all kinds of frequencies all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not one frequency right. for the whole brain. Right. Right. So what you're doing then is you're shifting more and more of the cells that are already sort of edging towards that frequency. You're shifting them into that frequency better. So the stronger the magnetic field, the stronger the artificial entrainment, the more reaction your body will have to it and the faster it will tend to shift. Hmm. And so with PMF therapy, you're doing the same thing. I had a woman in my office um, who was extraordinarily anxious. She was so fidgety. I didn't think she'd complete the visit. Right. Uh, she sat down for like only like three or four minutes and then got up and started pacing. Right. Like a, like a, like a, cage a, animal. In a cage, yeah, right? yeah. An animal in a scared animal in a cage. Right. So I got a little, 
a portable battery operated magnetic device, one, one coil, mm -hmm. and put it at the back of her neck. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll show you this coil. Well, it wasn't this one, but it's like this. Okay. So a coil like that. Okay. All right. You can take a coil like this and you put it at the base of the, at the skull, at the back of the head. Uh -huh. Turn the equipment on and run it at the maximum intensity. So she put it on and she held it in place where the, where the collar, collar kept it in place. Uh -huh. And she kept pacing. Literally within three or four minutes, you could see the elevator coming down. Uh -huh. I mean, she just settled down. And she sat down and, and sat for the rest of the visit. So I asked her what her level of anxiety was when she first walked in to the office. She said a 7 out of 10. I thought she was 13 out of 10. Right, I was going to say, you thought she was much higher. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> she was, she's used to it. She probably right. knows that she has been much higher. Much yeah, worse. yeah, yeah, right. So, um, and then I said, okay, now what are you? At the end of the interview, at the end of the treatment, now what are you? And she said 3. Mm -hmm. She went from 7 to three, 3, and she was very, very happy. Right. It didn't make her happy, but she was very happy that she wasn't a seven. Seven, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right? So that's a relatively low intensity magnetic field, 200 Gauss to mm -hmm. the base of the brain mm -hmm. that controls the brain waves, which then controls the chemistry. Okay. So we're working through a physics mechanism, an electromagnetic mechanism mm -hmm. to affect the chemistry rather than a chemistry mechanism to affect the magnetic therapy, mm -hmm. magnetic fields in the brain. Mm -hmm. So the brain is always oscillating. Right? And again, the chemicals in the brain are producing that, but so are our thoughts. Mm -hmm. You can fit yourself into a more relaxed state right? through meditation, yep. through practice, and so yeah. on. It, you're just doing, you're inducing it yourself. Right. So the doctor was right, and I used to think this as well, that you know, 80% of the problems that walk into your mm -hmm. office, into your door, the door of the office, are psychological. Right. They start with psychological. Right. They end up physical. Yep. But I, I'm going to argue that point, because I, actually I think it starts with spiritual. Yes. And then it goes to psychological. So, right, right. And, right. And then it cascades yes. down into the physical. Yes, definitely. Yes. I, I, I see your point, and I will agree. I will concur. <laughs> the um, Interesting stuff. So um, you've got a book, right, to supercharge your health um, with PEMF. -E you, you also put on a summit. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Our summit should be launching um, – the pre the pre stuff for the summit is going to be launching shortly, mm -hmm. and then in the second week in July is when we start the formal summit, mm -hmm. and people can get on board and and sign up or watch actually videos free for the first few days. Mm -hmm. You can watch videos every day for free. Okay. And then if you want the whole uh, summit, then you can register and purchase the summit. Mm -hmm. And many people purchase it because what happens is so much information given to you right. in these hour long interviews right. or lectures. Um, that you then need to have something that you have as a resource that you can continue okay. with. The, 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 and, and this and the summit's basically just an ed, education similar to what we're doing today, but I'm sure at a much deeper level, education around what what um, electromagnetic therapy is, how it works, what you should do based on different symptoms. Is that kind of what the summit's about? Correct. Okay, so this is for so if you lo are looking to take you know your knowledge deeper or just uh, like myself, you may have some general knowledge but really don't have enough to really know how to effectively treat yourself and or do maintenance. This is the next step. It sounds like of attending the summit and or going to um, your website, right? So y you could go to and is it just d r p a w l u c or sorry l u k dot com? Correct. Okay. 
and you can get one of the books, one of the two books. Yep. Um, the summit is going to be much more in depth for right. sure. And we have over 40 speakers. We have uh, some videos that, that talk about specific aspects of magnetic field therapy, mm -hmm. and many of the speakers are using other technologies. Interesting. So you can't you can't you can't build a house without bricks and mortar. Right. Yep. Right. You have to have the nutrients available in the body, like those non-union fractures that I mentioned. Right. You need to have the resources for the body to be able to heal itself. Right. You need the calcium. You need the phosphorus. You need the uh, you know uh, boron. You need so many other things that you need. Mm -hmm. If you're missing those, then it's not going to heal properly. Right. Even with even with stimulation. So having many of these other resources adds to whatever PMFs can do. And the good thing about PMFs is the way I look at them, at least as a family physician, former family physician, and holistic doctor, is that you got to own your own equipment. You right. can't go somewhere to get treatment. Because yep. it's for health maintenance, you can't just sort of treat now and then. Right. So you got 5,000 biochemical processes per second. Right. How yep. much treatment do you need? Right. Exactly. Well, awesome. Uh, incredible. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, before I go, one thing we didn't talk about. Yes. And I'm sorry about that. My no, no, no. That's... There will be people who will ask, what's the difference between EMFs? Because they've heard the so-called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I had thought that. Right? But yeah. And then PEMFs. Right. So PEMFs is pulsed electromagnetic fields. Right. But EMFs in PEMFs is similar to what we say about EMFs. I make a big distinction. I mentioned, I mentioned at the beginning that um, open loop is where you broadcast out uh -huh. into, the, into the environment, and that's frequencies. Right. Closed loop is the magnetic field bouncing around through a wire. Right. Right. So EMFs are frequency-based and most of the ones that we are worried about are basically microwaves. Right. And why are microwaves a problem? Because they get absorbed. The frequencies are so shallow. Mm. The magnetic field going through a wire is, is so strong, and it goes out and comes back. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's not a frequency. It's a pulse, and that's why we call it pulsed electromagnetic it. field. Okay. All right, so it's pulsing, and that has, doesn't have a wavelength okay. per se. And even if it did have a wavelength, we could produce EMF, PEMFs that way, that broadcast as well, but they have very long wavelengths. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, uh, if you get above 100 megahertz, mm -hmm. 100 megahertz, the wavelength for 100 megahertz is three meters long. Wow. It's as long as most bodies. Right. Right? But, but if you think of the, the diameter side to side or front to back, it goes right on through, even at 100 megahertz. Mm-hmm. But uh, gigahertz, the wavelengths are so short, they don't go through the body. Mm -hmm. They get absorbed. Interesting. Okay. And when they get absorbed, they cause heating, mm -hmm. and they cause DNA damage. Got it. So when you put a cell phone to your head, mm -hmm. and you're listening on a cell phone, you'll see almost right away, you'll see the ear turn red. Interesting. When you remove the cell phone, the ear persists in being red for a while. Right. The opposite ear is not red. It may be slightly redder, but not very red because of reflex actions of the blood vessels. Okay. But you're basically, when you're holding a phone to your ear, you're cooking your ear. Hmm. And I've heard You're simple. cooking it. Yeah. Wow. That's what we do with microwave ovens. We're cooking. Yep. Yep. Right? So that's the distinction between EMFs and PEMFs. EMF. So PEMFs are extraordinarily safe because they don't have the wavelength. Got it. And thank you for the clarity around that because, yeah, I did write that down earlier. And we just didn't just didn't get to that point of clarification yet. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was very enlightening. Um, you know, uh, certainly for our listeners and our audience, please reach out to those resources we mentioned. We'll put those also in the show notes. Um, we ser- certainly appreciate what th- the work that you're doing and the, and the time that you shared with us today. So uh, thank you so much for being a part of our, our podcast. I appreciate being here with you as well. And you ask great questions. And I hope uh, your audience and listeners uh, will have learned something. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, vibe, V-I-B-E.com. Thank you for listening.